hello hello and welcome to midlife crisis don't forget to press the follow button so that anytime i do a podcast you will be notified so i want to tell you something a bit interesting Mercury is in Taurus, and this is about mental health, right? And how that plays out for you is contingent on what house you're transiting Mercury is in. So my transiting Mercury is sitting in my 12th house. And so I get to have privacy in regards to my own mental health and it's not all exposed and you know out there if you have your transiting mercury and taurus in your 10th house your mental health is going to be exposed on social media with family and with friends Here's the part where people are going to call you crazy. And you're going to see people staying away from you because they think that you are crazy. This is an indicator to you that you need to check yourself. Because if everyone is saying the same thing, everybody cannot be wrong. If your transiting Mercury is in your fourth house, your family and your siblings, parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, even um, friends, will begin to point out to you that something is wrong. And if they're pointing it out to you again, if everybody is saying the same thing, Everybody can't be wrong. It might be a really good time for the use, for you to use your insurance and seek counsel. It may be time for you to admit to yourself that perhaps you can't handle stress. What I'm getting in my spirit right now is that there's someone listening to this podcast and you'll feel happy. And when you notice that you feel happy, you just get mad. There's nothing for you to be mad at, but you'll find something to be mad at, and you'll just be mad. There's nothing wrong with feeling happy. This is a red flag for you that you can be bipolar. And bipolarism is a very broad spectrum. You do, however, need to take medication. It is time for you to acknowledge to yourself that you do have a chemical imbalance and you do need to seek counsel. You can continue to not do anything about it and you're going to see that people are going to stay away from you. And when you discover how that makes you feel, don't blame other people. Take accountability for your own inaction.
Nobody likes being around a dramatic person. Nobody likes to be around someone who is emotionally intense all the time. They don't know where you stand. Therefore, they don't know where they stand. After a while, people get tired of walking on eggshells and pins and needles around you. And their self-esteem increases and they say, you know what? I don't have to take this. Nobody's forcing me to be in communication with this person. And then they walk away. Nobody likes how it feels to be treated badly, to be spoken to in a disrespectful or emasculating way. And so they'll just stay away from you. You have to take accountability for how your words, Mercury, can make other people feel. With that being said, I was in meditation this morning and God spoke to me about my own mental health. And the counsel that he gave me was sound and it made sense. There's two things I want you to know. I'm going to share with you what he shared with me. You won't be triggered into anything, anxieties, depression, whatever. You won't be triggered into anything if people don't know. What does that mean? If you are constantly posting on social media, people will always know what you're doing. If you stop posting everything on social media, people won't know. That's one. So stop posting every single thing on social media. If you're taking pictures and doing videos, maybe you've done some traveling, you're out to eat, whatever. You don't need to post it the same day. You can post it at another time. I heard this one lady say to me, she don't post something on social media. Sometimes it's a month later. That helps her set boundaries, spiritual boundaries. I've also come to recognize that people will use your social media to keep tabs on you. So if you're not posting everything and you're not posting all the time, it's kind of hard for them to use your social media accounts for them to keep tabs on the latest of what you're doing. The reason why people are, are triggering you How they know to trigger you is because they figured out how you think and what you're thinking. That's where they go when they want to trigger you, how you think. They want to get into your head and mind fuck you, right? This is a sociopath or a narcissist. They like to do these cruel things to people. They watch how you think, and then the next thing you know, They sound like you. So they figured out how you think. If you don't post on social media, 
they won't be able to keep tabs. They need to know what you're thinking. And in order for them to know that, you have to talk. One of the ways that you talk is through social media. That's what God taught me. That's one of the things God taught me this morning. People can't keep tabs on me if I'm not posting. People can't figure out what I'm thinking if I'm not posting. Another way that people need to know how you think is through communicating with you, one-on-one communication. And if you don't say anything, they won't know. They won't know. If you don't talk about your spiritual gifts, they won't know. If you don't talk about what you're going to do, they won't know anything. If you simply just don't mention it, they won't know. And it's very interesting that God taught me these two things this morning when Mercury is in retrograde. Mercury being the planet of communication. So let's reiterate two things. It'll be really freaking hard for people to figure out what you're thinking if you don't say it when you're communicating with someone and if you don't post about anything on social media, right? People always know what you're doing if you're talking about it and posting about it. So... With that being said, I'm just thinking as I'm, you know, doing this podcast. With all of that being said, I'm learning how to, I'm learning a different way of creating boundaries to protect my own spirit. Not everybody is nice and kind and friendly and loving. Most people are incredibly selfish and and self-entitled. And they think because you got it and they don't, and they need it, that you should just hand it to them. You're obligated to just hand them something, and you're not. But that's the self-entitlement. There's some people that they don't want to do the work that they should do to get whatever it is that they want. They want someone else to just hand it to them. And when they pick their target, they pick you because of what you've been saying and what you've been posting. It's time to become more private. And it's time to discern when to speak and when to keep quiet. You need to have a reason to talk and a reason to keep quiet. When we had the 
Scorpio lunar eclipse. I just said a couple of affirmations during that eclipse. And most people will say, you know, don't do anything, you know, to attract during eclipses or when the moon and the sun is in opposition because that's a separation. And I thought, well, I don't think that's entirely true. So I didn't really do any real spiritual work. I just said some affirmations. And the affirmations that I said was about my own spiritual gifts. For whatever reason I had, I decided to pick up my oracle cards. Now, funny story with that. I first started to learn about astrology and I was looking for something more along the lines of flashcards uh, with astrology. And so when I saw these um, astrology cards, I said, okay, I'm going to get them. They'll help me out, you know, remembering, you know, key terms and words when it comes to astrology. So I purchased them. And when I got them, I kind of looked through them. And I thought, oh, these look pretty cool. I put them away. I didn't think anything of it. But then my inner man said to me, no, pull those out and really look at them. So I pulled them out and I laid them down. I said, oh, I think I have tarot cards. Oh. I put them away. Left them there a, a whole year. Never picked them up again. And as of recently, because I've created a Pinterest, I have these other cards called Affirmators, in which you can get on, on Amazon. So I try to pull an Affirmator card and take a picture of it, put it on Pinterest with the date. And so the Affirmator cards, they have a little bit of humor in them. But they're encouraging at the same time. Very Gemini-like. Right? A little playful. Gemini Leo. A little playful. But then I felt like pulling out these astrology cards. So... Not knowing how to do any cards at all. Like, I know nothing, but I know astrology. And so I sit there and I shuffle them and I lay out three cards. Just very randomly, I laid out three cards. Not even knowing that's an actual spread. But to me, I'm like, okay, three cards. I'm going to ask a question. Do three cards and I'm going to call this the beginning, the middle, and the end. For the immediate future. Not the immediate future, but as like right now. Beginning, middle, and end. And so I did. And to my surprise, I was actually getting a message. I was like, oh wow. So then I decided to ask a couple of more questions. 
doing the same three, beginning, middle, and end right now. And I was getting some more answers. I got clarity on some things that was on my mind. And I was like, wow, okay. But I didn't take it that seriously. Put them away. And there's this guy on Clubhouse who's incredibly gifted with tarot cards. And so I reached out to him because I said to him, I think I need some help because I have these cards and I know nothing about them. I thought they were flashcards. I don't know what they are. Like, I don't know how to do a reading or anything. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I need your help. So he said, okay, come into this room at such and such time. Cool. I went. And so he asked me the name of the deck, and I told him, and he said, oh, those are oracle cards. But I'm saying to myself, I don't know the difference between an oracle and a tarot card. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And then there was a girl, she was like, all this time, you know, I thought that you knew how to do tarot. And I said, no, I know nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing, like 0%, nothing, nothing. And she was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I thought you knew. Then there was another girl. She said, I thought you knew, too. Because when I would talk about it, you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to me, when I said, mm-hmm, I was, like, indicating that I'm paying attention, I'm listening, I understand what you're saying. Not I know what the hell you're talking about when you say the page of swords. I don't know. The Wheel of Fortune. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> there was a time where God was telling me about the cards, right? The elements in which we have the same thing in astrology. Earth, air, fire, and water. And so with the cards, they have the same element. Earth, air, fire, and water. And he was telling me, you know, which was which. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't think anything of it. But I will tell you this. If you if you do have tarot cards, I'll tell you this. The king of pentacle represents God. When you have, when you do divination... It is used, it is a tool used to discern the will of God. That's your purpose for having tools, okay? And when I say tools, I mean the natal chart, uh, your cowrie shells, your tarot cards, um, whatever it is that you use. I don't know much about what other people use. But whatever it is that you use as a point of contact, that tool is used to discern the will of God. So the King of Pentacles, always remember when you see that card, that is a symbol of God. Okay? God is speaking through your tarot deck. Okay? He's giving you the message. So... The guy says to me, you're going to do a spread now. I was like, oh, I am? <laughs> okay. 
it kind of reminded me of how God was was teaching me um, um, to prophesy and like to use my gifts. And he kind of taught me a bit, you know, specifically discernment when it comes to the office of a prophet and um, like just different types of skills and gifts within the gift. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to throw you out there now. You, you're good to go. You can do it. Go ahead. And I'm like, oh, oh, wait, God, wait, 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 whoa, 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 wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> that was too fast, God. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. He just kind of threw me out there, like, and then he would give me, I remember this one premonition or vision that he had gave me. And it was a flamingo, a grown flamingo, whole adult flamingo in a nest. And the nest was on the top of the tree. And the nest was too small for the adult flamingo. And I started laughing because I knew God meant you've outgrown where you're at. You just leave the nest and go. Like I've given you everything, all your spiritual food that you need. I taught you. I brought you through it. I was with you. I walked with you. You walked in the realm of Enoch with me. Come on and just get out of the tree. You've outgrown the nest. And I was like, nope, I'm staying right here with you, God. Nope, mm -mm, mm mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. It was about fear. It was about fear. Fear of being out on my own, fear of adulting, um, fear of what other people would say, fear of being wrong, fear of being condemned and rejected. It was all fear-based, and so I just would not leave that nest that I had (laughs) clearly outgrown. (laughs) So when, you know, the guy was like, do the spread right now. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I am? Okay. All right. <laughs> so I did what he said was a three-card spread. And then I was saying to myself, like, he has no idea. I just did this. Just to me, it was just a random thing. It was just in my mind, I was just like, three cards and it's going to, represent like the beginning, the middle, and the end. Like in the end was this like the solution in my mind. Like I did this all naturally. So I said to him, well, what if I wanted to do more? Because now he, he just confirmed to me that there is a spread called a three card spread. So I'm like, well, is there other types of spread? I don't know. He said, it can be as many as you want it to be. and I'm, But I'm saying to myself, there has to be some type of symbolism in it. Like, what if I wanted to do seven cards? Like, is there a name for that? Is there a purpose for it? What if I wanted to do nine cards or 21 cards? Is that some type of symbolism is in it? Like, is there a purpose for it? I'm sure that there is. So... We're going to, he's doing another, um, well, he's holding another space. 
this coming Saturday. And so those questions that I have, I'm definitely going to ask him, like, what's the symbolism and the purpose of seven cards, nine cards, and 21 cards? Because those are the numbers that I have in my mind. I don't remember what those numbers mean in the Bible. Biblically speaking, but just so if you didn't know, God uses numbers as well. So you hear people talking about numerology and human design. and You know, they see 1111 and 1212 and 888 and all these things. It means something. I know the number eight in the worldly sense means um, infinity uh, or completion. But biblically speaking, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know numerology either. So there has to be a reason, but I think I'll pray on it because I don't, I'm, I'm not a psychic. I am a prophet. I operate out of the office of a prophet. I am prophetess. Uh, and that's because of God's seal. Uh, it has really nothing to do with me. It's just that um, I surrender to God's will and purpose the best way that I can and know how. And because I've surrendered to God's purpose, you know, the best way that I can and know how, he uses me as a vessel to communicate his message to those that cannot hear, for those that cannot see, for those that cannot discern. But it really has nothing to do with me. It's just all about God. The gifts belong to God. He just lets me use them. So, all right. The number three, I don't know what it means in numerology. Um, I don't even know what it means in the Bible. I can tell you the number one in the Bible, uh, when God gives you a sign, um, and it's once, once, um, the God is telling you to pay attention. If it's twice, um, it means God's word is firmly established. Whatever it is that he is showing you, teaching you, or talking to you about, um, it's going to happen. It may happen today. It may happen a year from now. It may even manifest 10 years from now. But rest assured, it is going to happen. Now, can God change his mind and cancel it out? Yes. Yes, he can. And that's even uh, found in scripture as well. So, let me tell you something. Um, when it comes to the use of objects to, to discern God's will. Um, for us Christians, right? Genesis 44 talks about Joseph's silver cup or some versions of the Bible will say chalice, chalice, right? Joseph had a silver cup in which he used for divination. In uh, Genesis 45, verse 9, you'll see Joseph saying, God has made me Lord 
of all Egypt. That means Joseph was blessed and highly favored by God. And so he used that object to discern God's will in Genesis chapter 44. Now, for those who may be coming out of the church and you may feel a little guilty because of all of the indoctrination and uh, fear-mongering that was happening, you definitely can use this as a point of reference. Okay, Genesis 45, verse 9. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Okay, Genesis chapter 44. It's a story about Joseph using the silver chalice for divination. And divination is simply um, um, the utilization of an object to discern the will of God. Okay. In Numbers chapter 27, verse 21, it talks about the Urim and Thummim, T-H-U-M-M-I-N, Urim and Thummim. Now, these are some stones. The one was black and one was white. Uh, and those were for yes or no questions. Now, how did they create that? They used crystals. And they painted the crystals. And they used that object to discern the will of God. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 7 through 10, they cast lots. To, and they used these sticks to discern the will of God. This was a form of divination. Okay. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 27, you'll see a conversation between Laban and Jacob. And Laban was expressing to Jacob that he knew that God had blessed him through Jacob by way of divination. By way of divination. So I just wanted to share those few um, scriptures in this podcast. Um, I can do another podcast just really going through more scriptures about divination and giving people the pros and cons so that you can decide for yourself what it is that you want to do. Don't be influenced by what people say. Look at your own natal chart. That is God's spiritual instruction and blueprint to your own life. Find your own gifts, skills, and talents in your natal chart and go with what God is leading you to, okay? Excuse me. One second. So, I did the three-card spread. And I had the second house, the south node, and Capricorn. And it was really kind of tying into the three-card spread that I had did prior. 
in the prior three card spread that I did, it was talking to me about balancing my finances, balancing my budget, and really paying attention to my finances, really. And I was like, okay, I'll accept that. So when I saw the second house, talking about money, second house, ruled by <clears throat> Taurus, um, the second house was ruled by Taurus, and the planet that rules Taurus is Venus. This is all about money and values, how you value money, how you perceive money, how you feel about money, what you think about money, how you spend money. It talks about banks. It talks about budgeting. I mean, and it also talks about investing as well, okay? So I knew that first card was confirming the previous three-card spread. I didn't tell this to the guy. So there was about five of us, and four had been doing divination for a while. I was the only new one. <laughs> and so everyone gave their own uh, interpretation of those three cards. And there was one girl who was really, you know, vested in numerology. And all of those cards, they had some numbers. And so she interpreted um, the meanings of the numbers. She broke it down in numer her numerology way, and she gave the meaning of it. And I didn't really pay attention to it, what she was saying, so I can't even, like, <laughs> tell you what it was that she said about those numbers. All I knew was numerology, and they got broken down. Then we got into the south node. Currently, we have our south node in Scorpio. Scorpio ruled by Pluto, co-ruler Mars. So with the south node, this is utilizing your gifts from a past life in this lifetime. And using those South Node gifts in conjunction with the North Node. Pluto is a planet of ancestors. Pluto also symbolizes money. Most people don't know that. I learned it because of the angels. Angels teach me astrology as well. And so... Mars is action, it's new beginnings, the element of fire, it's quick. Then we have Capricorn, which is about money. Capricorn likes to take its time, right? Time. Saturn rules Capricorn. Saturn is the ruler of time. Saturn teaches you to grow up. It's about maturity. So Capricorn is saying, use your, your time wisely. Use your resources wisely. 
And so the interpretation of all three cards is ancestors paying off debt through me, bringing in their own gifts and their talents to me, which will also usher in financial stability. It may take time to do that. It will take time to do that. But as long as I am diligent and a good steward over my finances, all will be exceptionally well. Saturn also rules long-lasting wealth. It also rules real estate. My ancestors are working behind the scenes to bring me in skills, gifts, talents, resources to create long-lasting wealth, paying off their karmic debt through me by doing that for me. Which will also in turn break any pathologies from my womb going forward. My son, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren. This can go down many generations. I had no idea that a three-card spread could be so deep. But that's the energy of Scorpio. Because Scorpio always dig deep. Always get down to the bottom of it. Scorpio always um, also, excuse me, heals the bloodline. It breaks generational curses and pathologies. Habit patterns. It breaks that. So my ancestors is breaking, you know, patterns and pathologies concerning money through me. That's a blessing. And do you know why they chose me? Because I'm the one that surrendered to God's will and purpose the best way that I can and know how. Now, this is a story that I cannot tell to friends and family. You know why? It'll make them jealous. And then that green-eyed monster will create a big problem. I don't want to... I'm not a braggart, even though my son is in Leo. I'm not a braggart. I'm a very humble woman. I've learned through relationships with men... That as odd as it is, it's not good to say these are my accolades, these are my accomplishments. If I tell men I've got all these certifications and licenses and degrees, my credit score is over 700, I have investments, um, I've had my mindset shift, I'm very mature. 
very responsible. All these things. I got it from out of the mud. I'm saying these things because I'm proud of myself. I'm happy for myself because I know what I've been through. And to break through those barriers and glass ceilings and racism and redlining and oppression and suppression, to break through all of that wasn't easy. I had to fight for my life. But I made it through. I made it through because of determination. I made it through because of God. I made it through because I didn't give up on myself. So when I say I have these degrees, these licenses, these certifications, this website, this relationship with God, I'm saying it because I'm proud of myself. It's not to brag. And on top of that, I don't have anything to do with somebody else's insecurities. If me being proud of my accomplishment makes you feel you're less than, that's your own uh, insecurities and complexes and low self-esteem and low confidence. That's you. You don't have anything to do with me. You perceive it like that. Change your freaking perception. Change how you perceive things. Not everybody is against you. I know for myself, I don't have time. I'm not interested in being against anybody. I'm busy. I'm busy working on me to be a better me. So that I can get to my prophesied place. I want my uh, uh, promises of Abraham. I want my Abrahamic blessings. I want to go to my prophesied place. I don't want to miss my blessings. I'm not interested in being against anybody. Period. I'll tell you who I am against. The devil. Oh, I got time. (laughs) I got time. I make time for the devil. And I will whoop him out. Okay? Take my belt off, my belts of truth, and whoop his ass. Old school beating. Oh, I got time for the devil. But when it comes to other people, I really... Look... I'm not interested. If I have to come out for warfare, it's going to go down. Partly because of my own natural work. Mostly. 99.999% of God and my spiritual team. That it will be successful. I'm like that. 0.01% because of my natural work. That's because I've studied and shown myself approved. That's because I've done my work. That's because I've surrendered. That's because I've done my part. But that other 99.999%, that's God. That's my spiritual team. It's not me.
So I'm going to win. So everybody, going back to the to everybody's interpretation of the three cards that I had pulled, everybody gleaned from it. It was like a collective reading. And everybody gleaned from it. And this one girl, she was pulling on that blessing. She, <laughs> she was like, I see that as money coming in. And a lot of money coming in. And I received that. Yes, come on. Come on. <laughs> she was pulling on that blessing. I was like, okay. And then after everything was said and done, you know, everybody pretty much agreed um, that the spread was about money, incoming money. While everyone was there, one person was like, oh, I was rearranging my room and I was trying to figure out where was my state check, but I never contacted them or anything. I just thought I'll get it when I get it. You know, I've been saving to take a trip. I was going to use the state check to take a trip. And so I found the check rearranging my room. And it was under my bed the whole time for since March. It was under my bed. And here we are at the end of May. <laughs> and he found the check. So he, he received that blessing immediately. <laughs> but that, you know, all to the glory of God, all to the glory of God. So I was like flabbergasted, needless to say, like, did I just do that? I felt like um, on Family Matters with Steve Urkel, and he was like, did I just do that? <laughs> and that's how I was. I'm like, I just did that, me? Oh, <laughs> I got a loss for words. All right. <laughs> okay. So got off of there and. You know, continued on with my evening. Then I went to bed and I had a dream. And in my dream, I was in a familiar place. Um, everything was familiar. People, places, and things. Everything was familiar. And then I began to walk. This time I had shoes on. Now, usually when I have dreams of me walking, I never have shoes on. So let me tell you something. If you have a dream where you're walking uh, and you don't have any shoes on... That is showing you that um, you have not found uh, where you belong. You have not found your spiritual home. Your spiritual home is within yourself. Okay? It's not a tribe. It's not a church. It's within yourself. Once you discover what that means for you, you'll dis also start noticing how in your dreams you have on shoes. So in my dream, I had on shoes and I was walking, right? And as I was walking, I was noticing that I was relinquishing attachments that I had to people, places, and things. And then I stopped and it was like this little area and I looked at it and I said to myself, it was like steps, but they were made out of stone. There's a Bible verse that says, um, upon this rock, I will build my house there's another Bible verse that um, God said, um, upon this cornerstone, I will build my church. And so when I was looking at it, I thought to myself, that's a great place to meditate. But I kept walking. 
kept walking and it was this woman outside and she had like pieces of paper in her hand and I just kept walking and she was like, oh, damn it up. This is the third person that has walked by me today. And so I stopped recognizing that she used the number three, right? Remember the three card spread. So I said to her, okay. And she handed me a piece of paper and there was an address on it. But the name of the store, which was a bookstore, was 420. 420. For anyone that partakes in ceremonial herbs, a.k.a. marijuana, you know what the date 420 means, right? So I said to myself, okay, I don't want to go into the bookstore. Now, the bookstore represents reading, education, information, uh, learning, right? I didn't want to go into the bookstore. A little bit further down the block, I saw a mode of transportation. And on the front of it, it had the number three, right? Remember the three card spread. And so I decided that I was going to keep walking. And so I kept walking to go towards that mode of transportation. But I woke up. I never got on that mode of transportation. When I woke up, I was thinking about remembering the dream, and I was thinking about Joseph and that silver chalice. So I recorded the dream, uh, audio, and I called it a set appointed time. Now, when it comes to the date 420, that's where I got a set appointed time. Today is May 26, 2022. Uh, we're well past 420. So 420 doesn't literally mean the date 420. God never gives dates in specific. What it does mean is that there is a set appointed time for something to transpire. Now, I don't know what the number three means, biblically speaking, I don't know what the number three means in numerology, but I know that that has symbolism in it. The date 420 is three numbers. Excuse me. I did the three card spread. Okay. We're dealing with threes here. And so what this dream is telling me is that where I'm at now, at this moment of time. I will no longer be there because I'll be moving forward with where I'm supposed to be in life, aka that north node, that midheaven. And there's a set appointed time for everything to happen. There's a set appointed time where I'm around everything that is familiar to me. As I begin to move forward with uh, my own purpose in life, I will be letting go of those things that I have an attachment to. After that, there's a set up point in time for me to uh, go into the inner courts and to meditate and communicate with God, to fast, to pray, to learn, um, to, to partake in some spiritual food. And then I will come out of that inner court and begin to walk forward towards the mark of my high calling, my purpose, 
my north node. Where will I end up? I don't know because <laughs> God uh, didn't show me in the dream. Uh, I know in part because I prophesy in part. So I just know that I'm going towards where I'm supposed to be. Okay, I'm on the right track. Hence the walking and the shoes that I had on, well, the sneakers that I had on in the dream, okay? So with all of that being said, I hope it blessed you. I hope it was some confirmation for you. I hope it, my testimony answers some questions for you, okay? While we have Mercury and Taurus, really um, just focus on yourself, what you need to do, and your own mental health. Focus on what triggers you, who is triggering you, why is it triggering you. Um, do what's called your shadow work. I personally call it um, go through your healing process. Um, heal from it. Let it go. Let that shit go. Okay? And be healed in Jesus' name. I know I just cussed and then used Jesus. You know, that's terrible. I'm going to work on that. Um. And also um, create your boundaries, all right? Um, Mercury will be in Taurus for a little while, and then it will go back into Gemini. So what you were learning while Mercury is in Gemini uh, will be reiterated, and come it should come to a conclusion, a completion, um, at the end of um, Gemini. After it leaves Gemini, let me see... Uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini. It'll be in Cancer. Uh, Mercury will be in Cancer, and that's going to be about your home life, and family, and friends, and so forth, and so forth, and everything like that, right? So, just journal about everything that you're learning now. Um, when it comes to your family, your friends, and even your money, uh, and also your spiritual gifts as well, because those things are going to be tied into. Mercury and Cancer, with Cancer being ruled by the moon, your moon is going to um, symbolize, excuse me, your intuition, your mother, um, a little bit of cooking, um, and how you respond to stimuli. When Mercury goes into Cancer, it would be really good to go through some cleansing um, intentionally, right? Be intentional about it. <clears throat> Think about what you want to do um, for your cleansing process so that things can go smoother for you once Mercury goes into cancer. Okay, you still got some time um, because like I said, we have it in Taurus, then it's going to go into Gemini, and then it will go direct into cancer. And people are going to be all in their fields when communicating at that time. And that could very well be you. So conversations may be had with your mother and with um, females in general um, that will help you do your shadow work or your healing. It'll be very therapeutic for you to heal, okay? Heal so that you can partake in your own blessings. Don't block your blessings. Let yourself out of the emotional and mental prison that you are in and do what's best for you. 
All right, you guys, I thank you for tuning in with me for about an hour. Don't forget to click the follow button so that anytime I do a podcast, you will be notified. And until next time, you guys, shalom.